Hello, and welcome to Sutro Side Talk, episode 59. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Selig. Today is 70 to 80-something degrees. Uh, everything is terrible, and we're all dying. We're all dying terribly. I know that doesn't sound that bad in terms of temperature, but we're in San Francisco, and usually here it is uh, in the 50s and 60s. So anytime it passes the 70s, you're just kind of like, what... What kind of place is this? Yeah, when 70% of the year, the temperature is literally doesn't deviate more than 10 degrees. When it gets like 20 degrees hotter than you're used to, you feel like you're dying. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, this San Francisco is a very unique city. I mean, in a lot of ways already, both good and bad, unfortunately, nowadays. But uh, one thing about it has always been that it has a Mediterranean climate, which is like the only climate... Uh, you can find outside of the Mediterranean besides, like, I think besides San Francisco, it's like a city in Chile on the West, in the West Coast as well. And uh, it's, like, year-round, same temperature, no seasons. Like, we don't get seasons. Yeah, uh, I think really. two two weeks out of the year, we have, like, a hot summer. and Or, no, one week out of the year, we have a hot summer. Two weeks out of the year, we have, like, a cold winter, and that's it. Like, so three weeks out of the entirety is, like, a type of season other than that it's just like yep it's foggy oh boy it's uh it's fog city but yeah today is uh saturday uh august 15th and it's a little bit afternoon we are recording here after just doing last night a special movie commentary our first movie commentary and a crossover yeah uh we did a crossover with apollo city comics podcast which has uh brandon and brandon and also Brandon, Brandon, and and Brandon, and let's not forget Brandon. Uh, but there's actually two Brandons in that show. And we did a crossover with them where we watched Dark Knight Returns Part 1, the animated film. And tonight, we're going to be uh, watching Dark Knight Returns Part 2. And they're going to be showing Part 1 on their channel, so you can find it on their... Whether, whether you can subscribe to them on any of their channels. I believe it's also the same as uh, Spotify, SoundCloud... Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I think they're actually yeah. even on YouTube. I yeah, they say. did mention that they have a YouTube channel. That's it's mostly still image, just audio. But that's basically what you were thinking about doing for us too, eventually. Yes, eventually, guys. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, guys. I'm I'm actually in at this point. I'm I've been burning out nonstop. Uh, last night was my first night of eight hours of sleep. I want to say Ooh, uh, in about a month, uh, dude. It's oh my god. I keep thinking it was like two weeks ago. I was like, yeah, it's two weeks of busy, just being busy. And now it's been an entire month of just kind of nonstop, just going. And in my free time, I'm like, well, I need to platinum go to Tsushima. And like, yeah. I have to keep up with Destiny. So that has been my spare time, which almost felt like a, <laughs> for Destiny sometimes, you know, it feels like a job a little bit because you're just like, I need to get these. I have to meet these deadlines in Destiny. Uh, and I, I'm like, oh, it's not over yet because, of course, next week is next weekend is DC Fandom. So my hope is I might get some form of free time or life after next weekend, or I guess the weekend after that, because then I'm still working the next five days after that weekend. Sometime after, I will eventually live. I'm not too sure. We'll see. But of course, this is Sutra Side Talk. Uh, this is a podcast 
uh, about games, movies, and TV shows. Uh, we cover select news that we think we can actually talk about and go a little bit in depth on. And we also talk about what we've been watching, what we've been playing. And this week we got a good amount of news. And we'll, of course, end the show with uh, with everything coming up next week as well as these commentaries. We'll talk a little bit more about it. Uh, but for now, uh, for this episode, uh, for movie TV news, we got uh, Judas and the Black Messiah trailer. We'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, the creators of Avatar, La- The Last Airbender, not uh, James Cameron's Avatar, uh, leaving the Netflix project. AMC 15 cent tickets, I believe, uh, DC Universe and HBO Max doing a bit of a switch up. And then uh, gaming news, we got uh, Halo Infinite being delayed, uh, Epic versus Apple, DC fandom news, we got more news, and uh, coverage of uh, what was shown at Night City Wire episode two. So... Let's get right into it, starting off with the movie TV news. Uh, first off here, James, we actually just added this. You wanted me to see it. I, I completely even forgot this happened, but then I watched the trailer and I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sold. Yeah. Uh, we got a trailer for Judas and the Black Messiah, and it's got uh, a lot of actors, or a couple actors we've been seeing in a couple movies uh, recently, and I am quite excited now that I've seen this, James. And you want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, I'm trying to look up the name of the names of the actors so I can actually get them right because I'm I'm so bad with names and I don't want to just be like that guy from Get Out and that guy from Atlanta. So uh, Daniel Kalu- Kaluuya, I believe, from mm-hmm. he he played the main character in Get Out, and he also was the uh, friend that betrayed T'Challa in yeah. Black Panther. Dude, he was awesome in both those movies. So yes. he seems to be playing in, I wish I knew history better, but he seems to be playing a prominent guy in the Black Panther party. And dude, his acting in that, like the speech at the end where he's talking about like, you can uh, murder a revolutionary, but you can't murder a revolution and stuff like that. Like it was really powerful. And I don't know if it was just how well, sh- how how well cut the trailer was and like the music and everything, but it was, it got me hyped. And then also the guy from, uh, sorry to bother you. Stanfield. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I think I first became aware of him in Atlanta and dude, I, he's so, his character in that is so interesting and funny that I've just been a fan of that guy ever since. Although you would think that that would mean I would remember his name at some point, but like I mentioned, I'm just, really bad with names but the fact that they're both in this movie and the premise of uh the again sorry to bother you guy uh being what seems to be some sort of undercover agent yeah like infiltrating the black panthers because otherwise he goes to jail because of some stuff that they have on him but he seems to while he's there actually be like no these are actually good people like i I don't like that I'm, do, you know, working against them. It just looks really interesting. Yeah. And, I mean, you could tell kind of... There are obviously some things you could tell are going to happen. Like, eventually, they'll find out. Eventually, yeah, like, some... Probably. It'll be, like, kind of the climax will be the figuring out of... Maybe he goes to jail because he gives up and doesn't want to uh, help out the feds anymore or the police. I'm not, I forget if it's the feds or police that are doing it. 
but uh, you could go to the jail for that. They might kill him for betraying them. Uh, he might be forgiven and find out a loophole and figure it out to get away from the cops, but also help them out at the same time. Uh, so it, it also, because I forget, is it based on a true story? They said it was inspired by true events, but I don't know if that how mm. close to reality they're going to get with this. Okay. Yeah, so if you really wanted to, you could look up and see if there is a similar story uh, or a similar portion of history uh, that was just like this and see if you can find it. But uh, next up, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly really excited for this. I'm not sure, did it say when it was coming out? Because I don't uh, think it... That also, I, I forgot to actually... Pay attention, pay attention to. Yeah, because I don't think uh, it'll be any time. I don't even see it on a, the filmography, unless it's... Uh, quick Google search just says 2021, so I think it's... Um, eventually, whenever... Eventually, yeah. When things figure out. Also, sorry if you can hear stuff in the background, guys. I, it's pretty hot, so uh, I have my door open currently. Uh so you may hear like yeah the helicopter that just flew by and potentially people a few yards away uh but hopefully uh my plugins will erase all of that and take care of a lot of that stuff but we'll see next up uh um, this is some sad news because we were pretty i was pretty excited uh they were making a live action adaption live action yeah that makes sense adaptation. live action adaption adaptation that's what yeah adaptation sorry uh of avatar the last airbender and, you know, everyone was like, oh, crap, it's going to be like Shyamalan's crap. And then it turned out the creators of Avatar, uh, Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Konietzko, uh, were the ones that were going to be the showrunners. And they were going to be doing, like, everything that was the creative for it. And everyone was excited because it's like, oh, the actual Avatar people are on this one. It should be really good. Then hopefully, like, everyone's, I, I was excited for it. That is no longer the case. Yeah. Uh, they have both left the project basically over creative differences, but o which only means, of course, that Netflix wanted to get their hands on controlling how this show would go. And that just spells out a big red flag, considering the fact that uh, the people that have the best creative vision for it, which are the ones that actually made the animated show, I would sh just I would shut up and follow their ex like whatever they say because they're the they know what they're doing. It's and it's still to this day one of the if not my favorite animated show of all time. It's just it's, so well done on every level, and it's fantastic. And they also did Legend of Korra, and that show is also it's. I don't think it's as good as Avatar: Last Airbender, but it's still really really good. Like I liked it a lot. Yeah, and if they say no and don't want to continue this and it's their baby practically that says a lot but also like you could argue i guess that maybe netflix you know they they were like no we have to reel it in blah blah but also this is the same netflix where you know it's like hey welcome to netflix or greenlit you don't know if it's going to be a good show or movie when it comes from netflix like remember their whole adam sandler movie deal oh, like God, you, yeah. you don't know if it's going to be good it, half the time it's probably going to be some trash trash show or movie so I would easily, without even a blink of an eye, side with the creators on this one. So I probably will not be watching uh, this upcoming show whenever it does release because it just gives me high doubts whether, that it would be good at all. So I'm not touching that one when it does release. 
even if you have Netflix, you know, it's like, do you value your time is the question, not the not the money. It's about time, guys. Time and quality of life. But yeah, that's some sad news there. Not looking forward to that. And then uh, we got some <laughs> interesting news here, which I didn't, I was like, what the hell are y'all talking about? And also, I didn't know y'all were open for 100 years. Uh, AMC Theaters... Uh, when they do reopen, so they're going to reopen more than 100 locations in the country uh, on August 20th. And to celebrate, I guess, uh, a centennial, I didn't even know they were open for 100 years. How the hell? What, did AMC theaters really start in 1920? That's crazy. I mean, I guess. I mean, theaters have been around for a long, long time, but I just, yeah, it's hard to imagine that a theater chain as big as AMC got started way back then huh. yeah, it's, uh, the year that the company's founders the Dubinsky brothers began operations with a single movie screen in Kansas City Missouri huh interesting so tickets will be 15 cents and concessions will probably uh, what, what does it say uh, wait is it supposed to be like the 15 cents is that supposed to be a callback to how much tickets were back then Yes. I totally missed that. <laughs> I thought they were just... Yeah, that's... I no, they're not that desperate. <laughs> I literally thought that they were just like, yeah, desperate for people to come well, to Well, yeah, yeah, I'd say they're still desperate, but I don't think they were desperate enough to be like, uh, do it any other way, because they at least can say it without really saying it, because they're like, it's been 100 years, it's our centennial, which does make sense. I feel like some other... There was some promotion for something, I forget what it was. It was like that gas station one, where it was mm-hmm. like the original prices for the gas station. And it was insane because it was packed and the police had to be involved to clear the traffic to get in there because it was like something cents per gallon. And, you know, yeah, that's talking insane. about that and probably I think like L.A., like it, you're, <laughs> it's going to be insanity. But uh, let's see. Uh, the throwback ticket prices will apply to the chain's slate of legacy movies, which includes the likes of Black Panther and The Empire Strikes Back. Tickets for these catalog titles will increase to five dollars a piece after opening day, while new movies will approximately cost uh, ten dollars per ticket, depending on the market. Uh, and then, James, I'm sure once you get in there, you'll be like, "Wow, that was great!" Hey, can I get that ten dollar popcorn? Yes. <laughs> uh, so don't forget, guys, concessions still exist. So most likely, you'll be uh, paying for the food. James, what do you want to what do you want to go see when the theaters open in five days? Um, I mean, I've been seeing people joke about just because the tickets are going to be 15 cents, they're just going to buy out the entire theater so they can be the only one there just to make sure there's no one else in the theater to give them Corona. That is actually a really good plan. I would I would actually do that. James, <laughs> you like to actually think about it? I'm actually thinking about that right now. I'm like, all right, what if I wanted to take like four friends and you have, let's say a theater that has 60 seats and that means there's at least a 15 seat diagonal distance between you and that other person or other people. And if you split that four ways, it's like we split it four ways. How much is that? $3 each. (laughs) Dude, that would be... 
to watch like empire strikes back without having to watch all the other movies attached to it um oh what if they put raiders of the, oh my god james if they put raiders of the lost ark in imax and i bought it at an imax theater for like how much was it oh i bought it at the theater for like twenty dollars uh, <laughs> yeah i watched raiders of the lost ark i think that, that would actually be, be well worth it <laughs> That would actually okay. This isn't a bad idea anymore. <laughs> We're gonna look into this. I actually wanna. I might look into this legitimately. Um, I that's that's so fucking genius though. I know, right? Um, I saw what, that. What day like, is the twentieth? Is that a that's Friday? Not too crazy. What what day is that? That's a Thursday. It's a Thursday. Can I call out that day? I might call out that day. We'll see. <laughs> might screw over my team. We'll. I'll, I'll think about it. Uh, geez, that's 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 insane. I can't even believe that. Oof. Yeah, no, dude. I'm straight up really thinking about this. Because, uh, you know, at first I was going to joke about how, like, yeah, I'm totally going to leave my house now after all this time. Yeah, I know, right? And then the prospect of actually just having the theater to myself, then I'm like, oh, you know, it's not so bad. But we'll see. I don't I don't know. I'll th- I'm going to think about this after. It's a busy day, so when I get a chance, maybe in between um something in my life, I'll, I'll figure figure it out. But yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I mean, I think it's a good strategy. But they also said select theaters. I, I just hope they still uh, maintain health and safety above all else. Yeah, because for sure. I've been hearing. I didn't know it was true. I thought it was a joke. Uh, but also, I haven't left my house, so I don't know. Uh, people have, you know, people still have to travel sometimes, so they do fly. Mm-hmm. Airlines are packing people on with zero space what that's insane i think it was i I could be wrong it it could be one or the other but at the same time if i'm wrong it's those specific airlines too so i could give two fucks especially about any airline i have zero sympathy whenever they lose money i have zero sympathy if they go bankrupt i have zero sympathy whatsoever for air airlines just because of how much they fuck people over like i'm actually like definitely prominent on this just because of how many times like they went and said you know we got to make sure we're doing good here so um, we're going to make a new cheaper price ticket where it's, uh, what is it? Economy or something. And all it is, is the regular ones you had, but now it's the price of the regular ones you already paying for. So it's not really cheaper. They just raised the price on everything else. And they made a new one that was the regular price, but now you can only have like one bag or something. So now you're much more limited and you can't choose where you sit really. Uh, and then you pay more to basically choose your seat and maybe have your like, one i don't even think you get checked luggage like you still have to uh pay extra for like a suitcase or something that if it has to go like under the plane or something like that uh and i'm pretty sure it's like united or american but they basically packed everyone on i've been hearing about this from like people i know and they're like yeah there's no space uh they just tell everyone they have to wear a mask but otherwise you sit right next to somebody that's like literally making my skin crawl yeah, so uh, the airlines are promoting... I mean, it's true. Airlines are promoting coronavirus, so just think about that. They really are. Uh, and <laughs> that's pretty fucked up. I heard, I think... I could be wrong, but I heard I maybe Southwest is at least doing spatial... Uh, I think it's like 15 people per flight or something like that. So it's like a 15-person max, which is a lot better. So I would definitely research the, the flights over like this. I would say... I know money can be a bitch, but health and safety over money. Because it's like, oh, no, yeah. I lost my money. It's a lot better than, oh, no, I'm dead. I know, right? So uh, just think about that. I know it's not movie TV related, but, you know, it's 
So the more you know, folks, the more you know. All right, all right, sorry, we'll, we'll continue. Uh, last thing for movie TV news, uh, this will be something we will be talking about more in depth, maybe not on our show specifically, but uh, on either uh, D3 Media or Apollo City Comics, whichever one we're going to be on for that crossover specifically. But uh, DC Universe and HBO Max are doing a switch up here. So uh, before we had just DC Universe and we're like, awesome, this is a streaming app that gives you all these different new and old DC live action and animated movies and TV shows and plus original content to original TV shows and movies and stuff like that. And it was like, oh, this is awesome as hell, hell. Uh, it's also got a very friendly, uh, I, I honestly like its format more than the others. I like it more than Disney Plus. I like it more than Netflix because it gives you different playlists. So I can add, I, and also it has comics. It has a whole backlog of comics stretching all the way to like the beginning. So it's like uh, having a full, just unlimited library of shit. It's like my library on there is huge. But basically I made a uh, movie watch list. I made a TV watch list. I made a comic watch list. I made all these separate ones instead of just a big list altogether. So mm -hmm. you can really categorize stuff into like kind of like playlist or playlist cues and stuff like that. And it works really well. But now also they eventually came out with HBO Max and everyone was like, so how does that work with DC Universe? Because it's from the same company. I guess you could say it's kind of like Disney Plus and Hulu now with Disney, but at the same time, it's still different because uh, it's not really kids versus adults on this one. There is adult stuff in DC Universe. If you watch their original shows, they're not kid-oriented. Not even the cartoon is kid-oriented. Harley Quinn says, like, fucking shit, like, half the time. It's also a great show. I won't lie. Uh the HBO Max one, though, you know, you were like, okay, it's got everything from HBO, which is really cool because it has a combo of like, oh, HBO original shows and movies, but also it has stuff like if you had the comp, like the premium channel of HBO, you get to watch all the movies that come to it that are just like on TV on those premium channels. All of that is there whenever they're on or like whenever uh, their, I guess, license is rented by HBO, it's on HBO Max. So you have access to a shit ton of great new movies and stuff that maybe just came to a DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. And you also have everything from, they're starting to incorporate uh, animes from Crunchyroll. They're incorporating all the Studio Ghibli movies. They're incorporating uh, Toho stuff. So like uh, they actually have all the, a lot of the, they have all the Criterion Showa Godzilla films, which is amazing. Hmm. I've been using that. I don't know if I'm using that for my streaming for Discord. It's great. Uh, uh, they have the other Toho stuff. They have Akira, the Akira movies, not the animated movie. I'm talking about like the uh, director Akira, uh, he, like Seven Samurai. Yojimbo, stuff like that, black and white samurai movies that inspired the spaghetti westerns. They have all those movies and stuff like that. So it's like a massive thing, but now we're also seeing it's getting like South Park um, and now DC stuff. They're getting like a Green Lantern TV show eventually, but it's only on HBO Max and not DC Universe, and that confused people. Hmm. But now, uh, after a big shakeup at DC, uh, there were a bunch of layoffs and everything else that, like I said, uh, that's more somewhat comic related. Uh, so we'll be talking about it potentially on another show. We'll let you know which ones that I'll be on, though. Uh, we'll give you like a whole roadmap just because we don't want to repeat ourselves and whatnot. But they are 
now kind of putting everything into more, I guess, organized ways. Like every show and movie that's on DC Universe is basically going to shift over to HBO Max. All the original content, uh, all of the shows and movies, I believe. And what's going to happen is DC Universe is just going to turn into a comic book app. Okay. Yeah. And this is actually very similar to what Disney already has. Uh, They had a Marvel app called Marvel Unlimited, I believe. Yeah, I subscribed to that once a long time ago, mostly because I thought that it was going to give me access to new comics, but it was just the entire backlog, which is still cool, but just not what I was looking for. I believe DC and Marvel do the same thing. So it's supposed to be after the comic, if it's a new comic, after six months, it should be on there. It's like three or six months or something. So there is a wait period. Uh, so that way it still promotes you like basically I know it sucks, but it's also it, it promotes you buying the new stuff and it does give them money. But in a way, you know, it still supports the creative team that is currently making that title. True. At the same time. Uh, so I do understand that. But yeah, so DC Universe will now become a comics app. If you already have it, uh, just keep that in mind. They're also they've taken away the yearly uh annual payment so i believe it's going to break off now into monthly or maybe like every few months or something so just keep that in mind too uh but pretty much if you don't care about comics uh, i would just say unsubscribe from it and just go into only hbo max because that's where you're going to get everything from now on so just a heads up there but that is it for the uh, movie tv news now we got the gaming news and Ooh, we got some fun shit in here, James. Uh, First off, after all of the outroar over the Halo Infinite demo and uh, everything that happened, you had people that were supporting it, people that didn't like the style, people that just didn't like Craig. Poor Craig. Craig, Craig's been trying. I fucking love that, though. That was... I, I... and once again, guys, I work at Microsoft. I don't make anything game-related for them. I, I just, like, just Microsoft dude randomly. Anything I do say does not uh, in, reflect the company in any way. It's just my own personal opinion. Um, and so just think about that. Just remember that. Uh, I just always uh, fucking... My favorite part of that reveal was just that fucking brute because <laughs> everyone that turned it into a meme is just so good. It's amazing, like, how many creative things they've done with them. Um, I think my favorite one, James, is still the the Lex Luthor in the car and the brute's just looking through the window <laughs> at him. And Lex Luthor's just like, ugh. <laughs> he just looks so just like, I don't have time for this today. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> but it's so good. I, I love it so much. Uh, and then someone made like a Shrek one. But anyway, uh, unfortunately, Halo, uh, 343 and Xbox deci- or Microsoft decided to uh, delay Halo Infinite to 2021. And, you know, they said everything from, like, COVID-19 and it's hard to work remotely with and everything else to meet this deadline and stuff like that. But also, you have to really think, too, like, I mean, this is also right after they showed us the game yeah. and how everyone kind of responded to the game and the fact that literally a character that was just an enemy on the game screen became the most talked about part of it does i guess make you rethink some things yeah i mean we were saying like a couple weeks ago that it doesn't look like 
if this was a new build of the game, if, or if this game what excuse me, if the build that they were showing for that demo was only like a few weeks old, and they are trying to get this game out in a few months, we were really skeptical that it would be, you know, next gen quality when it comes out for the uh, Series X, and uh, I guess not exactly confirmed, but. I don't know. It's it, it, I've been going back and forth on this that it's on the on the one hand it's kind of surprising cuz I did not think that they would delay Halo for the Series X because uh, yeah. Yeah. It's there it's the one launch title that I was like that it might get me to buy an Xbox Series X at the end of the year. Like depending on how good Halo looks on that thing, I might have to get a new Xbox. And now it- it's not even going to be there, so I have I personally have zero incentive to upgrade my Xbox at the end of the year, and I still have an OG Xbox One. And we we come from a different uh, we have different options too before us because you're more reliant on Xbox than I am, James. And and that's saying like something from someone that does work there, but also like so here's the here's the thing, I. Uh, I will say, like, too, uh, Oren was on our show before, and we did talk about it, and he did give the good uh, perspective, like, oh, the way maybe this was the the build they made before E3, for E3, yeah. and we never got to see it. And we did. We gave it the benefit of the doubt, and we're like, yeah, you know, it's it's probably like that. It's probably more far along. And, yeah, they did say, yeah, we made this, like, two or three weeks ago before we showed it. <laughs> and it was like... Hey guys, I got, I gotta, I gotta go. I got somewhere. To, I gotta, I gotta be somewhere. I'll, I'll catch you later. <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, fuck. Um, and because it's like, dude, l- like, look at when they showed. It's like what I said before. You see the God of War demo like two years before the game comes out, and it's a playable demo, and it looks fucking gorgeous. And you're just like, I've just give me the fucking game. I'm sold. Like, give it to. There's no, there's no issue with it. And every game now like i said they only show like trailers and cinematics so like god of like they should be more like god of war everything even if it's an indie uh if it's a triple a game they need to start showing gameplay in their trailers from now on like it's a do it again because otherwise like they're starting to lose my interest in general at this point just everyone uh no one's trying anymore and that's why i was very like like i said like the coolest if they, if you ask me, the coolest thing I've seen this summer, I would say Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and then they'd say why? I'd yeah. say because I actually saw it. I saw the actual game, not some bullshit cinematic that maybe looked really cool, but it's still bullshit. And like with Halo, now we got that demo, and it was just, we just, no, and it's being delayed. And you could only imagine that yes, it's probably due to Corona, but they said probably other reasons. And I'm pretty sure everything that was everything that happened after they showed it is some of those reasons. And yeah. they also said like there were there there was a, apparently a, a plan that three four three almost said like yo we can uh, we can like I guess I, I could be completely wrong but I'm pretty sure it was like we could release it in parts or something like that. And Phil Spencer was like no <laughs> we're not doing that. And it's like you got. Phil Spencer himself is just an amazing leader in terms of like the way he's turned Xbox around post Don Matrick oh, and yeah. like the Xbox TV shit. And uh, he's done a fantastic job in just like leading this. So it's good that he makes sure like, don't put it in parts. Are you like, wh- why would you do that? 
don't don't put this fucking game in parts. Uh, I going back though to the aspect of it now being in 2021 and not a launch title for Xbox Series X, which puts into the question then. Is there a launch title for Xbox Series X? I'm sure there's some smaller ones and maybe third-party stuff, but nothing that says Xbox like Halo yeah. does. Because Halo is the end-all, be-all for a lot of it. It's always been the flagship. And yeah, they're bringing back Fable, and they have some new IPs coming. And yes, that, the whole point of buying all those studios was finally to be like, hey, we have something more than a bunch of screaming bros, a guy in green armor, and a fucking car. Like, we, we now there's finally stuff to actually populate it with, uh, like PlayStation has. And you can really, like, see that coming with stuff like Avowed and uh, Hellblade 2 uh, and yeah. whatever the hell Double Fine does. Because usually, even if it's small, like, Double Fine still makes great stuff. And it's not going to be all, like, end-all, be-all, like, top-grade AAA stuff. But it's still going to be stuff that you're going to like, potentially. Yeah, Tim Schafer's just known for making generally interesting stuff. Yeah. And for me personally, James, this is where we differ. Uh, you have a MacBook Pro, so you're very yeah. limited in what you can do, especially now with the whole xCloud uh, not being workable on anything Apple now. I know, right? But, it's so it's so frustrating. So, Apple just doesn't want me to play games. So you pretty much are confined to being a console gamer, yeah. which is why you work well with the PlayStation. You're, you're go- you're like, you have a Switch, a PS4, and Xbox One. You're going to get a PS5 and a Series X, but yes, like... Uh, Normally, I'm pretty sure you get most of your third-party stuff on PlayStation anyway. Usually. Mostly just because I have a PS4 Pro and, and, like I said, an original Series X. I mean, I have the white one, so I don't have a day one. Xbox One, not Series X. Yeah, that's what I meant, uh, Xbox One. So it's just my PlayStation is the slightly better console for me personally. If I had an Xbox One X, I'd probably play more third-party games on that, but I don't know. Yeah. So... Yeah, you, that, that Halo for now is the only thing you'd really want an Xbox Series X for. And I'm sure, yeah. like, basically when it does come out is when maybe you'd get it if you don't get it on day one. Probably. For me, I don't even, honestly, thinking, if I, like, thinking really about it when I come down to it, I, I don't think there's any reason I even need an Xbox. Yeah. At all. Honestly? Only because, so, I'm only saying that because I have a very powerful gaming PC I have a good desktop that I built that can pretty much play anything. And the whole point of it's not even about only on Xbox anymore. Like if people complain, but I can play it on PC now, what's the point? And this is where I do come in like this is good for Microsoft, good for Xbox and very good for the player. The whole point is if you can't afford a PC that's like powerful end all be all $2,000 machine, then you can get this $500 console, or I don't even know if it's 500 bucks. It's probably going to be like, I don't know, 400 600 500 something around that line. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we'll see what the fuck it is. And it's going to be like that kind of price. It's a lot more affordable. It's a quarter of what a good PC would be. So you would get that instead, and that's why you're a console gamer half the time, or you just prefer controllers, even though you could use a controller on a PC. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. But for me, I can play those xbox games on my pc now because it's all about the main thing is game pass game pass is the most important part of the microsoft gaming ecosystem xbox is just a conduit for it that's all it's not the main thing so you can play on pc you can play on xbox you can now use xcloud to play on your android phone and stuff like that or android tablets and stuff so that's what the point is is that you could play there 
game and use their service. They want you to use their service. That is the most important part. And that means I am using that service either way. I'll play all the games on Game Pass. I'll play Halo and all that stuff. I can just play it on PC. Now, I think I might still get an Xbox for one sole reason. And I'm it's just because because obviously, like, I'm not rich. I don't get paid Microsoft big bucks or anything like that. I, I definitely do not whatsoever. So I would get the Xbox because I get an employee discount. And yeah. it's probably like 10 to 15% or something small like that. But that's why I'd be like, well, I work here. I might as well have one. That is my mindset. That's the only reason. I don't necessarily need one. I'm just getting it because fuck it. Why not? Uh, and I can, even though I probably shouldn't and save my money. But I just kind of feel like I should have it. That's the only reason. Otherwise, I could just play everything on PC and be like, oh, this is great. And then they'll ask me why I'm not playing on PC when I'm playing on an Xbox. And I'm like, you know, I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a good answer for it. But, I mean, for the most part, I'll probably be shifting a lot of my Halo play to PC anyway. So we'll see how it goes. I, I, for all I know, there is a chance I might not even be able to, I might not even get an Xbox. We'll see. I have no idea when the time finally comes. For sure, I'm getting the PS5 because, of course, there's exclusives. And mm-hmm. I am kind of, I am in, in just embedded in that ecosystem before that before i worked at microsoft so uh it's it's kind of mandatory for me anyway but yeah that's i know my point, though at this point i am pretty confident that i'm definitely going to get a playstation 5 at the end of the year unless it's like a thousand dollars which i seriously doubt but i really don't think i'm going to get an xbox at least in 2020 maybe in 2021 when they show off halo again and if it's absolutely mind-blowing and i don't know maybe if if they even have like a halo special edition console i don't know maybe i might be persuaded to get that but we'll see yeah because like at the end of the day like on playstation i do play most of my third parties and the exclusives in destiny and then on my xbox i usually play the exclusives there that would be like halo and gears and then uh some third-party games that my friends maybe want to play there instead, which I've gotten, like, Ghost Recon, uh, Anthem, uh, regrettably, yeah. and uh, Borderlands 3. Uh, I've gotten, like, on my Xbox, and then I might get Destiny 2 on there, too. And then my PC. Uh, I have... I play, like, people with stuff like... Uh, more Steam-oriented games that are only on Steam, so PC games like that, RTSs, strategy, stuff like that. But now I might start playing more games that I could play on Xbox on there, like Halo and stuff like that, and, of course, also Destiny 2. And, um, I mean, bottom line, I- I'm pretty much just going to have everything to play Destiny 2. I think that's what really it all comes down to. That's the only thing that really matters. But you get what I'm saying here. Like, each thing has something that is for me. But also, having that Xbox still means I play with a specific group of friends that's still, like, playing there uh, for some select games. So it's like, you know, it'll be worth it just for that, I guess. For those Borderlands Tom Clancy-esque games and stuff. Yeah, but then again, with the crossplay becoming more and more of a thing, I mean, didn't 343 say that they were working on crossplay for... PC and Xbox? Yeah, PC and Xbox. Was it for Halo Infinite or was that for Master Chief Collection? Uh, I want to say hey, Master Chief Collection. Okay. I want to say it was Master Chief Which Collection. Yeah. Still would make it not out of the question for Halo Infinite to have that someday. Yeah. So if you still, still... want to just play with your friends on Xbox, they could be on Xbox and you could just be on PC. Yeah. And pretty soon, like, we'll get um, ODST and Halo 4 on PC and complete the Master Chief Collection. 
Uh, and I, I will say, like, I'm guessing sometime in 2021, you're going to see Halo 5 on PC. It's oh. still only on Xbox One, but it's going to come to PC. Like, I, I, I would be surprised if it didn't. Yeah. All right. Enough of that. Uh, next up is this one now. And I don't even want to talk about this. <laughs> but, uh, Epic versus Apple. So we just talked about how, you know, xCloud isn't on Apple products because Apple is like, we're gonna, we have to review every single game before it goes on there. It's about safety and all this bullshit. And like other companies have had issues because they want a 30% cut of everything Yeah. Uh, that comes on there, which is why like apps like Comixology, I said before, uh, you can't buy the comics on there. You have to buy it on the browser and you could read it on their app instead. So they don't give 30% of the comic books to freaking Apple, which is insane because like dude, fucking, that's for the companies and the creators, especially the creators. Because the creators lose yeah. money too. I, I do agree that 30%, like a 30% cut on like everything in the app store is kind of egregious. Yeah. And so now Epic did a thing. They did a pretty big thing. And what they did was lower the price of their V-Bucks, which one would think that's not that big of a deal. But basically, uh, 20% uh, discount, permanent discount on i believe all platforms except for the mobile stores uh will be for the v so all v bucks are now discounted 20 percent, and that's on epic games store that's on playstation that's on xbox that's on your pc like uh yeah i would say on those three i believe it's on nintendo as well uh the only ones it's not on are their mobile versions on the apple and google play stores so on those, there's still the regular price because there's that 30% cut that they ask for from Epic when these purchases happen. So they said what you can do is purchase it on their, on like basically browser on Epic Games Store. You could purchase those V-Bucks. And if it's all the same like uh, connected account, you could just then use those V-Bucks on your Apple, on your mobile version, on your iPhone without actually having to spend that extra money on there. And they did that, and it caused a whole kerfuffle because now Apple basically took uh, Fortnite off of the App Store. Apparently, same deal with Google and the Google Play Store. But for whatever reason, people are less interested in the Google Play Store than the App Store. Yeah, because, you know, it's all it's all about Apple. And I do. So this is hard to talk about just because it's a whole thing. And I would rather read a a series of tweets from someone who I think actually did a really good job on talking about it. Uh, James, I think. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did you see uh, Greg Miller's tweet on it? No, I didn't see Greg uh, uh, talk about it, but I watched uh, Jim Sterling did a video on it. And his take was essentially like, you know, Epic is not necessarily the good guy here. I mean, neither yeah. is Apple, but basically what he thinks is weird about this whole thing is it's literally $2 billion companies trying to, or at least Epic is trying to mobilize, mobilize their fans to, I don't know, fight Apple somehow. Uh, and it's, it's just weird that it's $2 billion companies fighting over literally millions of dollars and they're trying to ask their like fan base to fight for them. And yeah. he just finds that a little bit skeevy. And also, um, he also finds it weird that 
this is a very clearly a calculated move by Epic. Like, this is not them trying to... They had that video ready yeah, to go. they had that. And to be fair, yeah, I think that was a well-done video because it pretty much uh, parodied Apple's 1984 ad perfectly. Oh, yeah. But, but with, like, Fortnite characters and everything. But it's just weird that they're saying, like, we are a massive Epic company trying to take a stand for the little guys on the app store or whatever. I don't know. It's, it's an odd thing. And it's just, uh, I kind of agree with Jim Sterling that it's, it feels weird that Epic had a whole ad campaign ready Ready to go go. and, and a lawsuit immediately. Like they, they knew what Apple was going to do. Yeah. They they just had to, which I won't say is a bad thing. No. Uh, that you had to, that you were prepared for it. Cause that just means they're prepared to knowing what they were about to get into. That would, I would, it would be, it would be worse if they didn't honestly, but uh, I do want to read real fast. Uh, I'll try to go through it as quickly as possible what Greg Miller said, which I did agree. So I don't agree completely on, but it is a really good, I honestly thought it was a really good take on what kind of thing this is. And it's not about like, yes, it's you're helping a big company and it's still a company that does shit. And a lot of the times they're still all, you know, fucking you. But True one at least fucks you less than the other sometimes it's like yeah. just like politics i guess i don't know but here let me just read what he said real fast uh so this is all from greg miller i'll try to go as quickly as possible uh i'm seeing a lot of people say stuff like why should i cheer for epic they're already rich which of course is true but i think misses one of the points of why they're doing this namely they're the only ones big enough to do this and actually make a difference so he goes on uh this is exactly like i'm not joking Taylor Swift's taking on Spotify. Taylor didn't need the money, but she was a big enough voice that her making a statement brought the issue to the masses. Taylor slash Epic don't need more money per transaction, but smaller artists certainly do. They can throw around their weight to make things better for other people. Of course, they're going to make more money too, but maybe I'm just being naive. I also think they want to help. I think there is a part of Epic that says we've made a bunch of money so we can fight others we can fight fights others can't make and make moves others won't. And it's like the whole thing of like, you know, look at the Epic Games Store with the revenue difference with that in Steam. Like developers on Epic Games Store make more than developers do on Steam. Yeah. And uh, he goes on to say, uh, I thought it was BS xCloud couldn't come to iOS, but it did cancel my Apple Arcade sub really, uh, but did canceling my Apple Arcade sub really drive that point home? He did cancel his Apple Arcade uh, subscription that he did have. Hmm. Uh, did, in the grand scheme of things, a few hundred of us tweeting about xCloud even register on Apple's radar. Fortnite being removed does not does exactly what Apple doesn't want. It puts the, uh, the rev share dispute everywhere. Your local news will cover this because kids love Fortnite and parents love happy kids. xCloud wasn't going to do that. Comixology wasn't going to do that. I don't know, man. I get that fighting, winning, and changing this helps Epic make a bunch of money. But also, I also think Epic wants to help others... Other game devs make a bunch of money. Uh, And I believe that's the whole thing, which I believe also another good voice I like listening to, uh, or at least like get her take on it, is Andrea Renee. And she did reply like, so you are supporting them doing the same to Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo, who also take similar platform commissions. Just curious, it's easy and apparently very popular to paint a target on Apple's back, but few are talking about the bigger picture. So... It does get into a whole conversation of everything, but I do agree. The one thing I do agree completely on is 
last week we dealt with the xCloud not being on Apple. Mm-hmm. And it was us talking about that. And, you know, it did circulate through the gaming industry and the gaming world. That's it. And, you know, if I didn't talk about Comixology, I don't think you would have known about that. And I don't think other people no, would have known about that either. I didn't. And you know what happened, James, yesterday? Uh, let me guess. Fortnite made the news. My mom talked to me and asked me, hey, what's going on with Fortnite? Why really? is it not on? Yes. And I was like, what the, how did you hear about that? And she said it was on the news. And I was like, fuck, it worked. I stress. Huh. (laughs) So that is a very big proven point. Yeah. That Epic was the only one because it's not because of the name Epic, because of the name Fortnite made the news because that is what would actually get people's attention on this, which is very true. Whether you agree with everything going on or not, that is one of the truest things you could easily say is Epic speaks and people listen because of what they have under their belt. Or mainly they show what they have. I mean, at this point, Fortnite, just because it's a free-to-play game, it's available on literally basically everything until now, uh, it became more of a cultural phenomenon than just a game. Because, like you said so many kids play this game that everyone has at least heard of it pretty much. Yeah. Uh, So I, I don't know. It's hard for me to divorce myself from the feeling that Epic just wants more money. Cause that's, Oh, they totally do. Cause that's basically been the whole uh, story behind Fortnite is that like the, the devs actually working on it are, you know, working themselves to the bone because it's a not it's a never-ending workload and they are just you know either underpaid for the amount of work that they're doing or just overworked in general and yet uh, epic is making money hand over fist because it is the most popular game in the world but on the other hand greg does make that very good point that like yeah it does make them more money but they also would if they get things changed they would also change things for the better for the smaller developers you know for all those people that put their game on the app store for like a few bucks hoping that you know enough people buy their game that they you know make their development costs back you know that'd be a lot easier if apple wasn't taking 30 percent of every sale that they made in same way same everywhere else and i do i did kind of forget that that was uh epics or at least that's what epic said was their driving force behind starting the epic game store was you know helping the developers you know if you make a game with the unreal engine which is their engine you can get uh, i think it was like a hundred percent of your uh, proceeds uh from sales on their store like basically if you are tried to use epic's store and their engine as much as possible you would get a lot more money if you just sell, sold your game on their store as opposed to other places like Steam that took like a huge cut of your game. So I don't know, maybe maybe Epic does actually really care about that, and it's not just you know a talking point for them of saying like, oh look at us, we're we're definitely the good guys. Like maybe they actually do want to be the good guys. I don't know. It's so weird to think about that from a major corporation as big as they are, but it's not impossible, I guess. 
What I would say for that one is their bottom line is still to make as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. But right now they have a great position where they could do both, where they do make a shit ton of money, but still uh, pretty much like be, they can afford to be not benevolent, I guess you would say, but more of a good deal uh, maker with other developers, whether it's like small companies and things like that. Uh, Because the whole thing is you're still using their product. You're still paying them for something. So they're saying, like, you could basically make a game in Unity, release it on the Epic Games Store, and you still get most of your money. Uh, but then they go, hey, instead of paying, instead of giving us, pro, like, part of your game, buy this whole thing of, like, our software and use that, and then you have to use this. And, like, it's a, it's one or the other. So it's like they're giving you different choices, but either way, no matter what thing they do or what thing you do as, like, a developer, and they are helping you out, they make money either way. So no matter what choice you do, they make money. They will make money. And it will get their name out there more because you're using their product. Mm-hmm. It's another Unreal Engine game. Oh, I, prob- I probably should make my game in there too. So it does keep building them up either way. So they have a really good strategy. I would say it's a mix, but at the end of the day, for sure, the number one thing will be that they are making money. Yeah. Um, but I would leave it at this... Uh, if you don't know, if you want to get involved, if you want to support, whatever. Personally, for me, uh, I don't think I will do just for the fact that I don't play Fortnite, but also I just don't have time. Uh, personally, yeah. I don't have time to dedicate myself or like put any of my personal resources into figuring that out. Uh, so I won't be doing it. But if you feel like you think you want to do it or not, or you don't know what to do, uh, I would say this, what would motivate you? Is it really like supporting Fortnite and doing that for Fortnite? Or are you thinking of, I would say, do what's best, which one do you come out the most with as a user, as a customer? Which one benefits you the most? Like if you're a customer, paying less for V-Bucks and when you're playing Fortnite is a benefit to you. So that's the only way I would see it is how that benefits you monetarily. Do you save money? Do you gain something else in this fucking corporate battle? Or is there a developer that you do like, maybe an indie? How, like, which way this goes also determines maybe do they win anything in the in this run? Uh, support, I guess, how you think they'll fare if it goes this way or that way. And that'll tell you which way you'd have to go, basically. So don't even think about the corporations here. Think about yourself and think about maybe the small things you want to support. That's what you should be doing. Agreed. That's all I got. Okay. That was, yeah, see, that was, I was afraid of this in Halo. I was like, fuck, these are going <laughs> to take forever. Uh, all right, that's done. Next up, uh, a little bit more fandom stuff. So we got a full, we're getting the full schedule. This is both gaming and movie. Uh, I just wanted to say it here because we have uh, special game stuff and I didn't want to transition with it because it would make time cut a little weird. But... Uh, it did anou- They did announce. We already knew Suicide Squad was coming, uh, but it says Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. Uh, it's going to be a panel uh, for fandom for sure. So we got the title, kills the Justice League. I'm very curious on how that's going to be, uh, and I'm guessing it's going to be like one of the recent comic book runs where the Justice League is actually going to be taken over by someone. They're probably going to be evil. I'm assuming it's going to be like either Eclipso or Starro are my guesses personally. Uh, Star is a little starfish that controls them, uh, people by basically being a starfish on someone's face. They just, like, get on your face like a face hugger, 
and that person is now controlled. Eclipso is like this supernatural being that comes from like a stone or a crystal, I think. And anyone that comes in contact with it uh, gets controlled by this uh, being, basically. Uh, just check it out in like the DC Wiki and stuff and you'll see some stuff about them. But they're, uh, those would be probably the two concepts I would expect. Uh, but we got that. There is a panel for Warner Brothers Montreal, which means we're going to see what Batman game they've been doing. And there's a couple unannounced panels that are mysteries, but Ed Boon is a guest that's supposed to be there. Ed Boon is the head of NetherRealm Studios, the developers of Mortal Kombat and Injustice. So I'm still betting, guys. I know they're still supporting Mortal Kombat 11. I think that we will see Injustice 3 or at the very least, uh, some DC DLC for Mortal Kombat 11. One of the two. That's probably a pretty fair bet. Yeah. Uh, we also saw a lot of panels are appearing there. Um, not much comic stuff, but we'll talk about that on another show. Uh, the big thing I saw was we're going to have a lot of movies to talk about. Uh, they're not only showing... I, I, I expected to see everything for 2020, which is just uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, and then 2020... One, 2021, yes, uh, which is the Snyder Cut of Justice League, uh, the Suicide Squad, the Batman, and Black Adam. So we're getting all those, mm -hmm. but they're also doing panels for the 2022 movies, which is The Flash with Ezra Miller, uh, Shazam 2, and Aquaman 2. So we're getting eight panels for movies. Uh, so we'll have a lot to discuss there. Uh, they're also doing numerous TV shows, which we'll talk about too. I, I honestly didn't get to take a full look. I have to basically figure out my schedule for how I'm going to watch all this stuff. But yeah, I was like I said, at the end of the, on the, yeah. uh, the fandom site, and I like that they let you, well, once you create a profile, you can kind of click on which ones you want to save for later and stuff like that, but it's a stacked schedule. So it's going to actually require some figuring out how I'm going to spend my day watching it. <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, we'll, like I said, at the end of the show, we'll kind of cover what we're going to really talk about there. And then uh, we have the last thing here is just what was covered in the Night City Wire episode two, which is actually shorter than I expected. Uh, for a lot of it, they were actually talking about the music, hmm. uh, which I believe there's like a Swedish studio doing a lot of the songs in it. And they were like talking about, I want to say Johnny Silverhand themes and stuff like that. I wasn't paying too much attention just because I lost. I was more interested in the game itself. The music was cool. I, I, I want to watch it again just to listen, uh, I guess, hear more about the music, but uh, nothing too much to talk about there. The more important thing is they talked about what they call life paths. And these paths are kind of like your origin of what who you are or where you come from. And this will actually impact the game uh, heavily, not heavily, well, I guess not heavily, but it'll give you, uh, extra dialogue options. It'll give you extra paths or ways to do stuff. I believe it kind of strikes so me as like, do you remember in mass effect one, you would choose whether or not you were like a colonist or a spacer or like, uh, someone from earth or something like that. Like there was a backstory to your, uh, shepherd. Oh, I never played mass effect one for real. Oh, I only played two and three. I was like literally one of the first things when you set up your character. It's like, what was your shepherd's backstory? But yeah, no, I, I did the I did the comic, which I felt saved me a lot of good time because mm -hmm. then I, I watched someone play. I kind of watched him run, and I saw the Mako 
vehicle stuff and i was like i don't want to play this game yeah there's a lot to like about <laughs> mass effect one but there's also it's definitely a dated game yeah so uh it, it is somewhat like that so there's three uh origins you got you got your <laughs> these are actually a street kid i believe uh nomad and corpo which corpo <laughs> fucking the name uh so the whole thing is uh street kid you're already in night city you're part of the ecosystem. You're just like some poor kid or something from the streets. So you're very street heavy in terms of like street knowledge and things like that. So I guess in terms of some missions with dialogue and ways to enact, like do things, you'll know things that are either already known by the area or you'll have like that extra knowledge in terms of basically uh, this. Yeah, just knowledge of the setting itself. So you have that. And then you have the Corpo, which is someone, you know, you're coming from the corporate world of Night City, and you'll have that knowledge in terms of, like, corporations and, I guess, like, maybe monetary knowledge? I'm not too sure. They didn't specify too much on it. I'll have to actually watch it again uh, to make sure I got it. But uh, these these will affect you throughout the entire game. And then the one that I'm actually already insured I think I'll do is the Nomad. So you're kind of living in the outskirts of the... You're not living in the city itself. You're coming from, like, the... Because Night City is, like, L.A. Uh, you're coming from, like, the Mojave almost. So you're it's, like, not... I don't know if it's biker gang, but basically it's a lot more family-oriented, loyalty, stuff like that. You're coming from, like, people you've considered family, you're like, your whole life and stuff, and you're immigrating into Night City. And personally, I think... Like, that whole thing just sounds more appealing to me. Uh, I, I guess it is, like, the kind of family stuff, but it just it sounds really cool. And the outside area looks really cool, so I'd want to spend some time there just kind of enjoying that stuff uh, to start off with. Whereas the Corpo, it seems like you're more, I guess, about yourself. And the uh, Street Kid, you're just kind of more about survival, maybe. Uh, I would assume, like, kind of those are just small differences. I could be wrong. But... Those are some interesting... Uh, I didn't even know they were doing this. I thought it was just like, play game, start, go. Uh, I didn't know it was like, these. each three will have three different starting points. So you're going to have a different origin. It's kind of like also, um, if you ever played Dragon Age Origins, uh, your beginning was different depending on your class and uh, your yeah. race. There was like six different intros to that game. Yeah. So you could have been in a completely different area, and it does affect you throughout the game because like, let's say you're... Um, a human noble uh it would definitely affect you near the end game too because like there's extra stuff there's different characters you'll see uh throughout different parts of the game that you may or may not know already like let's say if i was an origin of one character and i get to a certain part i actually might see a character that you would have already known in another origin and you're just like who the fuck was this guy <laughs> and uh otherwise if you were the origin of the character that saw that character previously, you'd be like, oh my god, it's you, I can't believe it. But uh, they do affect different things because it does give you different uh, dialogue and stuff. So I imagine they may have, may have gotten that from Dragon Age Origins specifically uh, just because of that kind of style there. But yeah, no, I think uh, I'm excited for that. And I really want to, I want to see how it goes to be a nomad. I, I just like that idea. Who would you, who do you think you'd do, James? Do you want to be a corporal, a street kid, or a nomad? I mean, Nomad sounds pretty fun, but I don't know. For whatever reason, I'm kind of leaning towards Corpo right now just because, like, one, the name sounds so stupid. 
It, I just don't. It's, it just makes me. I say it, and I just kind of feel weird. I'm like a ah, corpo. <laughs> well, yeah, but like I also kind of like that idea of having an insight already into just like the inner workings of Night City and trying to like manipulate it, knowing what you know about the city. I guess. Well, I don't yeah. Know. I to be completely clear, I completely forgot to watch this Night City Wire thing at some point this week. Uh, so. I'm mostly just going off of what you're giving me here, but I don't know. I just think that Corpo could be an interesting choice, but probably no bad is, is sounds most fun though. For sure. And I, it does like the names kind of tell you everything where it's like street kid. I feel like will be potentially from what it sounds like the street kid one might be the most useful because you're in night city anyway, and you're on like the, the bottom floor of it practically. True. So who knows? I could be wrong. I have no idea. I just know this game will... This is like the only fall game I'm interested in besides Spider-Man, I think. I don't know. I think maybe what's interesting to me about the Corpo thing is that, like, being part of a corporation nowadays is such a, like, you're basically a villain. <laughs> I don't know. Not It's not 100% a thing, but it just would be interesting to start off as the corporate person as a corporate person or whatever and i don't know just play the bad guy i guess yeah so who knows um i mean maybe i don't who knows if you're the i don't know if well, you're necessarily the bad guy but like because you i guess you always you associate corporate with bad but well, that's yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. It's like I I, because it's a role playing game, and they're trying to be, you know, there are no skill trees or anything. It's just what exactly how you choose to play. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe I could I could see role playing a character where I start as a corpo, and I just like literally the only thing that matters to me is like no one matters as long as I make get my money or whatever. Where's my goddamn money? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Well, I'm sure there'll be more Night City Wires as time goes closer, too. I feel like they're going to have, like, probably four or five episodes. Yeah. Uh, next up... Well, actually, that's it, really, for the news. So that's all the news we got for today. Ooh. And, James, I made sure we got enough time to talk about some games and movies and TV shows. So we can get right into that. Yep. I guess I will start this time. Right. And I will start with... Uh, or what, do I want to talk about Shark Week? Or do I want to wait until I have all of I haven't watched all of them. I might wait until I have all of them down. Basically, I've been watching Shark Week and I've been making notes. Just small notes. And that's what I was just going to talk about very shortly. So I just covered them very fast. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll, save, I'll save them until I'm completely finished. But uh, first game I got is Rise of the Tomb Raider. Oh, yeah. And I know that's not necessarily a 2016 game. It did come out in 2016 for PlayStation, but I guess it was 2015 for Xbox players. I, I got it on PlayStation, but uh, this game, I liked it a lot more than the first one, I want to say. I kind of ran through the first one not really caring too much what was going on. I was just like, oh, they're shipwrecked, whatever. You kind of see the people kind of briefly, everyone you rescued, and it would just be over. Uh, and there'd be like some cool mystery of like what's happening with like the supernatural lore of the setting. And then we, I got to, uh, I got to rise of the tomb Raider and 
it was kind of the same thing mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's like, oh no, this person betrayed you. And I'm like, who the fuck is this person? And, <laughs> and uh, you're going through his Laura and uh, you have your, your uh, friend, um, shit, what's his name? You remember that the Pacific Islander guy's name is? Manny? Is it Manny? Am I thinking we'll of something else? Him. I don't know. Hey, Laura, blah, blah, blah. You know, that guy. Yeah, no, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, he's like the only one that's like oh, in Manny, all these. I might be from uh, Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> oh, you, James, you fucking. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, so you have this guy with you. And he's like, I think in all three games with you or something, but he's like the only one really that, you know, from the previous game, everyone else is just new. Uh, there's some cool, like native, like, uh, what is it? Byzantine descendants in Russia, basically. And they're kind of, they're actually pretty cool. Like you see this like cool environment and it, the thing with rise of the Tomb Raider, it's like a mix of linear areas that you have to run through and then every now and again it gives you like an open space to collect things and like do these little like side missions and stuff and it sort of works um i don't want to say it completely works because it does feel like I, I do like the mix of having both but at the same time i was sometimes i wasn't sure exactly how it was supposed to be like i'm like oh do i have a chance to come back here if i'm missing something or is this like a one-time place or is this the one i'm hanging out in for a while and overall like i will say this the combat mechanics and the survival mechanics i love i love the traversing mechanics like that stuff is really 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 good i like that a lot uh i was just more not into the story and the just i guess pacing maybe are, are the only two things i had issue with otherwise everything else is great i just don't these de- these games don't make me care about Laura because hmm. she doesn't give me I don't know she doesn't give me anything that I'm really like oh oh no I'm so sorry your dad's dead oh because <laughs> I think because people do want to compare it to Uncharted which I'm going to talk about right after this one like you'll talk but then I'll talk about Uncharted and I can just explain why but basically Uncharted does a thing where you care about people and Tomb Raider does the thing where you're just kind of going through with cool mechanics, I guess, if that makes sense. And because there's no one to care about. You have your one friend who is with you, but you don't really care about him. Like he's there sometimes, but he's not with you uh, throughout like a mission or something. And these other people you're just kind of with for a second. uh, So you don't really have interactions with them. And like I said, the combat and survival mechanics are really cool, but if those mechanics weren't that cool, I probably wouldn't be too interested in this game. Uh, that said, though, I, I'm more excited to play Shadow just due to it. I know its setting is like more like hidden Eldorado-ish, like I guess Mayan or at, like Mayan or something. Or, or maybe it's Incan. Maybe it's Incan. I'm not too sure. I, I don't even know the exact setting, but uh, it, I, I like that idea and I'm excited to get to that one at least. But we'll, we'll see how that goes eventually, because that's like what, James? Is that 2018? 2019? Uh, it's 2018. I don't remember. I didn't really... I'm, I know I'm also like a couple Tomb Raider games behind, so I'm not... I didn't really pay attention to when they were coming out, if I'm going to be honest. Gotcha. 
But yeah, so Shadow, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, great for the gameplay, the mechanics, uh, running through and just going on a cool little adventure. Uh, don't expect to be invested in the story. That's mm. all I'll say. All right, your turn. Also, the character, I, I looked up the character list. You were thinking of uh, Jonah. Jonah, that's his name. Yeah. Yeah, see, I, I fucking, his, his name's not worth it. It's, it's, he's barely there. Well, it's funny because <laughs> like, he was in the first game, which I definitely played. I just literally, for the life of me, could not remember what his name was. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. So, I guess for me, I'm going to, so, apparently I didn't put it on my list earlier, and I know we, we definitely didn't talk about it, but speaking of Adam Sandler, and one of his actually decent movies in recent uh, years, I watched Uncut Gems a while ago. Oh. Because it, it got put on Netflix, and, you know, everyone talked about it when it first came out, so, and... I used to be a huge Adam Sandler fan when I was a kid, but I was never that into his more serious movies. And this movie definitely is not a comedy. And what's interesting about it is that it just, every decision that his character makes throughout the movie just makes me more and more uncomfortable. Because it's very clear that this character has a really bad gambling problem. Like he literally cannot stop gambling and i i can't tell if he just really is you know trying to make it big really fast or if he just loves the thrill of whether or not he's gonna make money or not but i mean like the whole movie centers around he bought illegally a uncut opal like a black opal from Ethiopia or whatever. And like it literally, the sale was so illegal that it got shipped to him inside like a shipment of fishes. They just like cut open one of the fishes and and stuffed the rock in there. And that's where he found it. And so he just makes one bad decision after another, after another, this entire movie. Um, Oh man, I can't remember there was a specific NBA player that came to his store. I can't remember his name right now. I don't think it was Kevin Durant. It was shit. I don't remember. Uh, But like, so this famous basketball player comes to his store and he's just so excited that he's got this obscenely expensive rock that he, he shows it to this guy and this guy like has a moment with it. And he's just like, yo man, I need to buy this rock. Oh, by the way, he's uh, <laughs> for count for context. Adam Sandler is a jewelry salesman. Like he he works. Oh, so he got it to sell. Yeah, he works in the Diamond District in I believe New York. You know, it seems like there's just a a district in New York somewhere where there are just like a bajillion jewelry stores, and they like everyone seems to know each other and stuff like that. Like all the people that run the shops, because uh, so. The basketball player is like, hey, this thing's amazing. I like had a spiritual moment while staring into it. I'm going to have a game tonight. I need this rock with me because it's got magic powers or something. And so (laughs) for whatever reason, Adam Sandler's character, even though he's he literally says, like, I can't sell it to you. I have already like I already have it up for auction. You could buy it at the auction if you want. Uh, but I literally just was so excited about this. I just wanted to show it to you. And he's, and so the guy's like, 
Why would you show me this if you if I can't buy it? You know, here, how about this? I'll just borrow it for tonight and I will give you my championship ring as collateral. And so he's like, okay, sure. Why not? Okay, whatever. As long as you're here tomorrow with it, everything will be fine. And then Adam Sandler's character immediately takes that championship ring that's not his and takes it to another jewelry store and pawns it for like thousands of dollars to go bet it on some other game somewhere. And it's just like, he keeps doing this throughout the whole movie. And like it, he gets so in deep with so many things that like, sure, if it all works out, he will be set for life. But if he doesn't, people might kill him. And it's, it's so uncomfortable, but just kind of like you stick with it throughout the movie. Cause you're just like, when is the tower of cards going to finally come crushing, uh, crumbling down? Cause I, I, um, real fast. So, he sold the fucking championship ring. He pawned it, which is... The, so the difference between selling and pawning is that, like, it's technically, like, you're getting a loan with collateral. So he gave this guy this expensive ring as collateral. And the idea is, like, if he comes back within, like, a few days with the money plus interest, he'll get it back. Yeah. But that's assuming that his bet that he made works. <laughs> Even though he said he'd come back tomorrow with it. Yes. And he said. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, as soon as he went over to the other jewelry shop and pawned the guy's ring, I was like, what are you doing? This is insane. Why are you doing this? I, 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 I'm almost, I'm so, I know I have to watch it. I'm just very, just like, does, so do, the, I'm just so like, I want to know, does it like, um, does it work out or no? Like. I, it's hard to talk about it without spoilers, but like, uh, I guess yes and no. Okay. That's a, it's just like the movie sure. ends very abruptly and the way it ends, it made me go like, well, what was the point of all of it then? But oh, it's a, still like, it's still an interesting ride up until the very end. And I, I literally, when the climax in the movie happened, I was like glued to the screen to watching every second of it because i was just like i can't believe what's happening is happening and then one thing happened that literally made me like suck in air gasping because i was like holy shit i can't believe that fucking happened so it's definitely an entertaining movie and adam sandler did a really really good job on it but it's a little hard to recommend because it just it made me uncomfortable the entire time watching him make bad decision after bad decision okay interesting i i do want to man i got so many movies to watch so i can i'm saying yeah i just i'm just focused on the games james i'm focused on the games fair enough uh next game i got is uncharted 4 which i did play before but i went for the platinum uh to now have all four uh mainland uncharted games platinumed and playing it, playing through it again on crushing, of course, is just a, a bitch and a half. But also playing through it, James, on uh, what was it? The time I forget what it was called, but basically, uh, there was a trophy where you beat it in like six hours or something. Oh, I want to say that was such a bitch because I had to watch all these videos of like do exactly this, do this, skip this because you have to skip cutscenes. 
but sometimes they aren't cutscenes. You can never tell because it looks so good. You're always like, oh, is this yeah. a cutscene or is it not a cutscene? And because uh, the cutscenes count for the time of the game. So you got to skip cutscenes. You have to blast through a bunch of stuff. But it was so terrible doing it. Because let's say if you get through and you miss it by just a little bit or something, you don't know where you need to go back to to fix that time. Oh, Oh, like no. you don't know, you know, you don't know like, oh, what was the part, which, which chapter can I go back to, to like make this work out? And it was so heart wrenching. Like I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't think straight with it. It's like you could basically do it in one sitting because it would just sit, sit there for like six hours and just get through it, maybe pause it for like halfway through, eat food and stuff, come back or whatever, but you can get it done easily in a day. That's the whole point of it really. But I got it done. I think that was the first thing I got done. And then I was like, all right, and I'll do all the cleanup stuff. And then I'll do like my, uh, get all the collectibles. And then I'll do the hardest difficulty. And I did. But playing through it again, after also recently playing through, like I talked about it, uh, playing through the uh, remastered trilogy again, just having all the story back to back. This is where, like I said, Tomb Raider doesn't really work because it's got great mechanics. But Uncharted also has great mechanics, actually. In 4, it felt like they started taking some of the Tomb Raider stuff, like with the, the, the grapple hook and stuff. Oh, and the, the grapple hook yeah. and the yeah that, that was I was like oh I could I just played this <laughs> I just played that so you can tell that like obviously Tomb Raider in terms of their mechanics does some superior stuff uh, and Naughty Dog was like we should probably do that also and it works uh, a bit because they kind of dabble with Uncharted Four so you have these new mechanics you have driving and stuff and more open areas you're just kind of driving through and in a way like it Uncharted Four definitely feels like the longest of all of them to a point where it does feel like I'm just kind of by the end of it I'm a little exhausted I'm like finally it's it's finally done especially after a speed run and especially after like uh the hardest of uh, on crushing I was I was just like I I'm good I'm good off I'm good for a long time off uncharted until I play lost legacy that's different but uh it w it was really good though I I really think this was my 2016 game of the year. Uh, now looking back, like kind of playing through my backlog of 2014 through 16. Now I could say like 2014 was Dragon Age Inquisition. 2015 was Witcher 3. Uh, 2016 now is Uncharted 4. And that was uh, for sure my favorite game of that year. And I really had a great time getting the closure, like feeling the full all three games back to back and getting the full closure in four of Tra of Nathan, of Elena, of Sully, and then getting Sam in there. And it felt very natural. And it just, it felt really good just getting through all of that with them together. And that's, like I said, like two meter does really great mechanics in combat, but like Uncharted also gets it done too, uh, to a great point. It's just like, uh, they added in the parts they didn't have from two meter, making this game even better. Uh, but they have that feeling of like your drive of why you want to do this, why you're so into it is because the story still drives it for you. The relationships you get in this game is so fantastic where you feel everything and it has such a nice happy ending compared to like when we talked about Last of Us Part 2. Like that was like playing Last of Us Part 2 after Uncharted 4. I was like, I don't understand why I'm living. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like it, it just really... It's such a good close, and I really appreciate 
Naughty Dog for just doing such a good job on it. I do still wonder to this day how different it would have been if it was still under the uh, helm, uh, if Amy Hennig was still under the helm though, because she was the one that drove the three games and she, we saw a different teaser for four where it was like, you left me to die and I'm coming back for you. And it sounded oh, like almost like his brother yeah. was going to be like the enemy or something. Huh. And I was really excited for that. And then she had to depart. I don't still understand exactly why. I think it was some form of infighting. I'm not too sure. But she left and then we were going to get the Star Wars game that didn't happen. And now she's doing VR stuff, which is like, oh, awesome. But also that fucking sucks because it's VR and no one plays that as much. Uh, so I'm really sad that we never really got to see what was going to happen there. I would like one day... For her to just be like, fuck it, hey, this is what was going to happen in the game. Just so I could know. Because for those that also don't know, uh, Alan Tudyk was going to be in it, I think, as the brother, potentially. Really? Or something. Yeah, he was, uh, I think that was his voice in the trailer. Uh, but yeah, he was uh, He was going to be in it. And he said, once Amy, Amy was gone, I had no, I did not want to work on this anymore. I'm going to have to and so he, he look left. up that old trailer. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Because um, it's like the map and stuff, but it has like the... Uh, the monologue on, on it you never actually see someone but you just hear that monologue and you're just like what's happening but yeah once again fantastic game uh i'm sure the uncharted games are still probably one of my top franchises of all time i especially like it just because one genre i've always liked over most others is adventure which i just love the idea of adventure like indiana jones and like uncharted it's that perfect pulp adventure which is why it's so fun. It's not supposed to be completely realistic and stuff, obviously, because Drake's killing this many dudes, but it's just, it's a fun pulp hit of just dude going on adventure, making all these, like having friends and family or basically friends that are family and just going after treasure and stuff. Like at the end of the day, I just, that's what I love. And it's always a great time. And that's my Uncharted 4. Um. I'm going to go with one that was a little bit more recent on my list. I played Carrion, which is yes. one of the new Devolver Digital games. Uh, I really, really liked it. I mean, partially because I'm a huge Metroidvania style uh, fan. So I had a lot of fun just exploring the map and trying to get all the upgrades and stuff like that. I just had like a couple complaints. My biggest one is probably that like there is no map at all mm. they they tried to give you a way to figure out sort of where you're going by um you're the creature you're playing if you pulled the left trigger he would do like a growl thing uh that would it was echolocation and you would see off in the distance somewhere uh, something else calling to you but it was mostly just like the different save points you were trying to get to so if you were trying to towards the end of the game figure you know go back and get all the upgrades that you missed and stuff like that you know echo location didn't really help you because it just got you from save point to save point so you had to remember the entire map in your head and you know, you eventually get a feel for it, and I eventually was able to get all the upgrades. But fair warning, there is like a a point towards the end where if you go past like a certain door, there is no way go, uh, to go back and get all the stuff. It's just the game just ends. Uh, well, after you finish the last level, but 
there, so because there was no map and there really isn't that much of a narrative told to you, like the, basically the whole thing is just somehow this creature exists and you are trying to get out of the facility. And so there were a few times in the game where I literally was just like, I took a wrong turn or something and was just stuck figuring out where I'm supposed to go for like Mm. a half an hour to an hour, literally just wandering around. And that's partially how I got most of the upgrades because I would just be like, well, am I supposed to go here? Like, well, no, but I can do this thing, I guess. It was, I just really liked the art style because just the, the tendrils of the creature pulling you through the area and like the movement was really fluid like because of the way the creature works you didn't have to jump up on like platforms and stuff you literally just like pulled yourself through the facility and it was creepy like it's weird that you were i was somehow so creeped out by my own character but it was actually really satisfying to just literally make a point to eat all of the humans in the facility even though oh there was no God. trophy for doing that or achievement for doing that i i was just like no no one survives <laughs> yeah uh and i guess another complaint would just be that partially because there is no narrative told to you the game eventually just kind of ends and you did it <laughs> yeah and and i guess you're you're left to wonder on your own like well what ha- what would happen next after this event or whatever but overall i think it is a very well worth well worth a play especially on game pass you know i'm actually been i've been considering buying it for 20 bucks just on playstation because like i got all the achievements in one playthrough like if, if you get all of the uh upgrades and there's only like nine collectibles to get in the game if you get them all it's an easy platinum i mean on on uh the on the xbox there were like getting all i think getting all of the upgrades got me literally like 300 gamer score for getting like just a few of them getting six of them and getting all nine of them gets you like so much so i i literally had a thought like Man, I I played. You just th- want a trophy hunt. Yeah, I played through this game in like, you know, a day or two. I I really liked it. I might be wor- uh, willing to plunk down another twenty bucks just to support the developer and you know. How many get a hours platinum. would you say it took? <laughs> what? Nice. How many hours would you say it took? Uh, to. Uh. Honestly, my full like hundred percent playthrough was probably only like six or seven hours. Oh, it's not bad at all. Like I yeah. literally uh, finished it in like two sittings okay and like i said i got lost like a couple times for like a a half hour to an hour so you could easily shave down that time like really fast okay yeah so again it's just the the major complaint is that like it's hard to figure out where you're going and to uh, to get all the collectibles before the end of the game when there's literally no map but, but you'll at least know when you have them all, right? You will. It, it's okay. it's pretty clear. It, it tells you uh, whenever you get one of them that you have like this many out of nine or whatever. And also 
when you are so the way the map is laid out there's like one sort of overworldish area where all the other different levels are connected to and mm -hmm. at the door for every level there's like a little sign up ahead that says like you know whether or not you've gotten everything or whatever so there are visual cues to see where you still need to go and what you still need to collect I just really wish that there had been a map to make that a little bit easier to get around and not be lost, just surging aimlessly. But I, I don't know. Maybe they were just thinking like, well, you're just a pile of flesh. Where, what, what map would you have? <laughs> Why do you need, what flesh needs maps, huh? Yeah. It's like, well, maybe, okay. maybe he's just making a map in his head or something. I don't know. Oh man. Okay. Dude, that's awesome. I, I, I... I can't. Well, I can't. I can't wait to play that. But I can't wait to eventually play that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I think we can actually. We don't have to go for a full two hour this time. We could probably stop here at the hour and a half. What do you think? Uh, wait. Well, I got two things out. Did you get two things? Yeah, I got two things. Oh right. Yeah, you started first. Yeah, this I went time. first. I, I told yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Because we could totally it. go longer, but I'm also like, you know, just, no, we I haven't had a less than two hour episode in a while. Yeah. So like, no, I think that's this is probably a good place to stop. All right. So. Uh, we got, so I'll, I'll get started with everything, guys. So, at least for regular shows, uh, next time I think we'll do, uh, I'll, I'll probably go through and talk about more in depth on the both South Park games, as well as, if I can, if there's time in that same episode, um, I want to fully go in depth, James, on Horizon Zero Dawn, since I planned that. I would love to talk DLC. about that, because that's literally one of the most interesting stories that I've seen in a long time. Yeah, so those three games, and then um, the week... At, if we can get that all done in one episode, that's my hope. Uh, just because... Uh, so here's here's the full game plan, everyone. Uh, we'll just get started here before we go into our closing notes, or uh, our normal closing notes, so that this is the closing either way. Uh, like I said, we were in a crossover uh, movie commentary for Batman uh, Dark Knight Returns Part 1. Uh, tonight we're going to record part two. I believe part one releases this coming Thursday, so that's yeah. going to be August. Um, let me double check on that. I think it's August nineteenth. No, August twentieth. So August twentieth, uh, you can go to Apollo City Comics on either Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or YouTube uh, to get the commentary, and then you could watch the movie while listening to us if you want to. Uh, of course, that if you don't have it, it's available to you know rent on anything. But also, you can uh, if you have HBO Max, it is there. But uh, we'll do part two, so we're recording that tonight. We'll release that uh, probably afterwards. We might even do it on the same day because usually uh, they we have a much. I won't lie, like we have a since I'm the one editing it, they have different people to do stuff. Uh, I'll get it out the next like as quickly as I can. Uh, so if it's all the same case. Uh, I'll see if we can match it up. So we'll just have both out on Thursday. Uh, that way you could just go back to back if you wanted to. Because that just makes... Especially right before uh, DC Fandom. Because this is basically to prep uh, for DC Fandom that will be on Saturday, August 22nd. Uh, we're going to be doing crossovers with uh, Apollo City Comics Podcast, which is Brandon and Brandon. We're also going to do a, a crossover with D3 Media, which is a guy named Danny. And also one of the Brandons there usually is on his shows too. Uh, we'll probably be doing a prep video that's like uh, kind of pre-DC fandom, everything leading up to it, how we feel like it's going to go, but also like all the changes, like the layoffs uh, that have been happening. So it won't be as, it won't be like movie TV game oriented. Uh, with these crossovers, it'll be a mix. Everything from 
uh, movies, games, TV shows, uh, even like comics, uh, depending on which show it is, as well as um, figures, even action figures, like everything involving DC. It'll be all types of stuff. But we'll be doing that D3 Media episode. I think that will be the crossover for D3, at least being on their platform. That's a YouTube show, so that'll only be on YouTube. You can find D3 Media there. Uh, but I'll, I'll tweet it out. We'll just follow us on Twitter. I'll talk about that in a second. But just follow us on social media, and you'll know when and where to find things. We'll retweet it. We'll have it out there. Uh, also, follow like them. They'll let us let you know, too. But we'll be doing that. Uh, most likely what's going to happen is, so I don't know for sure, I believe we're going to try to do this, but I just made our uh, podcast an Instagram account. So it's basically Sutra or Side Talk on Instagram. Uh, you can either find it with or without a space in between Sutra and Side Talk. Uh, there's like, you know, the, I guess, Instagram account name, which is like one word, and then the regular name, which is like two words, just spaced. So either way, you'll find it that way. I'll put that in the show notes too. But we're going to try to do, as we go through uh, this whole thing, because it's it's a 24-hour thing, but the panels aren't going all 24 hours. So they'll do the panels, and then they'll repeat the panels, it looks like, throughout uh, the day. So after we get through all of them the first time, uh, or as we get through them, we'll probably, uh, myself and uh, one of the Brandons from Apollo City Comics Podcast, we're going to try to do uh, live shows on Instagram, uh, we talk about it as it comes up, so it'll be very much more like instant news, fresh, like very quick takes and stuff like that. They won't be too long, uh, but it'll be like just as they come out. Afterwards, that Saturday night, uh, we're all going to get together and do a massive recording together uh, as one show to just talk about everything from comics, figures, movies, games, uh, TV shows, all of it, and we'll probably cut it up and some of them will be released by one studio, uh, one show, and the others will be part of another part. Uh, it just depends. We'll see who go- gets what. We'll make sure everyone knows where to find everything. Uh, who knows? We might even have like the same show released by different uh, podcasts. Uh, I'm not too sure yet, to be honest. But uh, for sure, we'll make sure you know exactly where to find everything. But that'll be all of our DC fandom coverage. Afterwards, uh, James and I... Uh, probably the next day or something, we'll record a regular episode. Hopefully, we'll keep all the DC news in those specials, so that way it might be a little bit more light, uh, news light, and we could just talk about South Park and Horizon and stuff, and James, whatever you want to talk about too. And my hope is is we could do that, and the week after, uh, we do a full spoiler-filled Ghost of Tsushima Ooh. talk now that I platinumed it. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I've been holding off on uh, talking about it for my played section because I figured when you finished it, you'd probably want to talk pretty in deep about it. Yeah, it won't be like Last of Us Part 2 big where we dedicated an entire episode to it and had Brandon on, but we'll have, we'll pretty much take a good amount of time to go through it and everything else. But the, the goal here is that we'll have all the DC stuff with this crossover stuff, so that way I, there's enough time that we could go in depth on like South Park and Horizon that same week so after like this coming week you're going to get a lot of content in the following week so after the 22nd look for this week you'll look for uh this episode and two movie commentaries basically and potentially a youtube show and uh 
the weekend you'll get a couple Instagram live shows and then uh, the week after the 22nd you'll get potentially a bunch of different crossover episodes depending on how long we talk because we honestly don't know how much information we're going to get so for all I know we could be there for an hour talking about all this stuff we could be there for four hours and it could be like the length of episode 50 we had but that's why we're going to divide it up if it's like really long we'll cut it to where uh, there'll be an episode just on the movies There'll be an episode just on the TV, just on the comics, just on the games. But yeah, that's pretty much what's going to happen. Uh, I hope that made sense. I think that made sense, right, James? All that stuff, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I'll also put uh, in the show notes the, I guess, the Twitter handles or Instagram handles for Apollo City. And from there, you can figure out where you want to follow them uh, for to get ready, as well as uh, D3 Media, too. So, yeah, that's pretty much all of the news for what's coming up now for the normal stuff here. And like I said, it's been very busy, so I'm just kind of going on repeat factor here for stuff. So featured donation uh, this week will uh, once again be uh, Project Innocence. Uh, So this is the one where if you donate, it helps potentially get people that are actually innocent in prison out of prison and help uh, lighten the prison uh capacity there and you know save someone that shouldn't be there so i'll look for the link to that and also if you want to follow us of course guys back to the normal stuff so if you want to follow us on uh or actually sorry if you want to message the show if you want to ask us any question that you want us to read on the show or you want to give us any feedback positive or negative you can email us at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com you can also uh, follow the show on Twitter at Sutra Side Talk. You can now follow the show on Instagram at Sutra Side Talk. Uh, space or no space, I don't. I think you'll find it either way. It has the same exact logo, so very easy to find. Uh, you can follow James on Twitter at Invader Jim One Two Four, and you can follow me on Twitter at GoGoComzilla. Once again that Instagram may or may not we'll see how it goes because I haven't I don't even know how to really promote a podcast on it so I'm just still figuring it out at least it'll be there for the live show uh that'll be at least its primary purpose for now but that is all guys I hope you all have a great week also of course sorry uh subscribe like uh give us a five-star review on whatever platform whether it be SoundCloud Spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that kind of stuff helps us out best thing you could do is share the show though Uh, Whether it's talking to your friends and family via phone and person um, on the internet, you know, all that fun stuff. Or you can retweet us on Twitter or just share us out on social media. Uh, That is, of course, how you can help us the most. Please, if I see all those retweets coming in, that that tells me that y'all are listening and you're helping us out. And that gives me hope uh, that I can keep expanding because I'm not going to lie, guys. uh, The more we add and the fact that also we have up to it, down to it now, a second podcast series uh, that you can also see on the same channel it it does take its toll i'm doing all this stuff for free for everyone uh and it is somewhat uh exhausting to say the least but i'm still going at least for now until i burn out and die Hmm. we'll see how it goes but until next week guys uh stay tuned thanks for listening